0: Welcome to Mind Meets Body and Soul, a podcast that connects the dots between clinical mental health and spiritual holistic wellness. I'm
1: Heather, a licensed clinical social worker and mental health guru. And I'm Devin, a Reiki master, spiritual teacher, and lover of all things woo-woo. We're here to discuss various wellness topics highlighting the connection between the mind, body, and soul.
0: We'll be offering nuggets of wisdom from each of our fields with the ultimate goal of bridging the gap between our two worlds. Whether you lean more into cognitive psychology
1: or flow with the woo-woo waters, our intention is to help you prioritize yourself and unlock a fresh perspective to healing, growth, and expansion. We're so excited you're here. Let's jump in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Episode 19. Devin here, here with my lovely co-host.
0: Hi, everybody. Heather here.
1: How's it going, Heather? It's going. Everything's good. How about you? I'm doing well. I feel like in New Jersey, at least, we're at the point of summer where it's not like scorching hot and humid. There's actually been a little bit of a breeze lately, which I'm very happy about. Is it like that for you down the shore too?
0: Yeah. We opened our windows actually this morning and it was nice to just like get some fresh air and not be like suffocated from the humidity.
1: So it's beautiful. I agree. Not trying to rush summer, but also it's nice to have those windows open and not sweat to death. For sure. Well, happy as always to be back here for another episode last week. And the week before that, we had our two-part episode on my plant medicine journey. So I thank you for allowing me to come in and use that time to share that experience and all of the insight that came along with that as well. And the topic of today's episode is brought by you. So what are we chatting about today?
0: I figured today we could chat about healing. And I know we've talked about healing over and over and over in all 18, 19 episodes of the podcast so far but I saw a post on Instagram that was talking about it was actually another therapist and she said like I may be the only person to say this but I want everybody to stop healing and I was like well what the heck is this post about so I had to keep swiping to learn more and the point of her saying that was that like A lot of people are talking about healing and this information is so accessible and it's so important that we're all out here and healing, but healing is an ongoing journey. It's something that we want to weave into every day of our lives and we want to incorporate it into our lives without stopping life to focus on healing because mm-hmm. healing isn't like this checkbox or this like destination where we're going to like graduate from therapy and be like, hooray, I'm healed all as well. It's this process that we're always kind of learning. Like you were talking about in the last two episodes of surrender and identity, like we're always learning and we're always growing and we're always healing. So I wanted to bring that here and talk to you and talk through that with you, Devin, like, what healing means to each of us how we incorporate that work with our clients because we often are talking about healing but i would like to talk about healing and what it actually means
1: you know yep i'm all for a conversation always on healing and something that that made me think of too is that i know that you've talked before or i've seen a piece of content from you before on like yeah sometimes you do get to a point where like you graduate from therapy, but just because you graduate from therapy with you or with a specific person doesn't mean that you graduate from healing. Healing's done, you know, never to be revisited again. So I I love already the direction that this is heading in and I'm ready to dive in. So then from your perspective
0: within the Reiki spiritual energetics world, how would you define or conceptualize like what healing is and what it actually looks like
1: for me in this field the at least the first steps of healing i think that there are like a few different steps to it or a few different components to it as with so many of the things that we talk about when i think about either when i first started what i consider to be my healing journey or when my clients start their healing journey, a lot of it starts with that awareness and meeting yourself where you are because We've talked about this before in in previous episodes. A lot of us, before we find ourselves like wanting to heal or change for the better, we find ourselves on this like autopilot mode where we're just kind of going through life, going through the motions and not really being aware or feeling like we have a lot of control or autonomy in our lives. And so I think that the starting point of healing would be that self-awareness, that meeting yourself where you are, And then I see the second part to that is a lot of deconditioning or shedding of the layers, starting to become a little bit more, you know, introspective, starting to like go in and and really search around and see like, all right, what are these beliefs that I've had that aren't serving me anymore? What is a behavior or a habit that I have that isn't really healthy for me or I don't want to take on anymore? And I think that that takes up a big bulk of like that beginning journey or that middle journey of healing is like a lot of searching through and a lot of deconditioning. And to be honest, I can see the point of view of that therapist who posted that, you know, please stop healing. Healing is a lifelong journey because it totally is. You could spend your entire life deconditioning and changing belief patterns because these are belief patterns that have been set in stone for generations on generations. I do think that that third level though, once someone has felt like they've done a lot of healing, is that integration piece in everyday living where we are, as you mentioned, we are always healing. It's a continual process. And that for me is just all about like mindfulness and intention. So three parts to that for me in my mind, what do you think?
0: It's funny because we're like synced up here because I have three parts too. And they're similar but different. And my three parts are like wellness, if I had to quantify or define wellness as a place, that's the middle part. So a lot of people I find reach out to me when they need to return to well. They're struggling. They're in crisis. Something's going wrong. So they're like almost in this like pre-well state. Or unwell, I guess you could say. And we're like, the first part of our work together is like that self awareness, right? They have to recognize I'm not well, things aren't going well, I'm stuck, I'm in crisis, whatever it is. There's some catalyst that gets them to reach out to us. They reach out and we're working on like problem solving, giving them tools, figuring out what's going wrong. And we're kind of working on getting them back to this state of wellness. Then, part two, I think we're here. things are going fairly well, and we're working on like maintaining and staying here. But then, I think, like the third part that I try to tack on before graduating someone is like how do we push ourselves a little further into this wellness state and stay and try to stay here again? It's not a final destination. Things will ebb and flow, and we'll. It's almost more like a spectrum to me where how do we stay above well and what tools do I need? How do I live out these things? How am I practicing all of the things and using the tools that I've learned in therapy to stay preventative from things going back to that place? I think a lot of times people come into therapy and we're responding to or reacting to the problem or the crisis. And then like, we want to eventually get to like a place where we're doing more preventative work to prevent ourselves from getting stuck in that space again, if that makes sense. It's mm. a visual thing that I'm explaining a lot. And I know a lot of people are listening, so that's harder for me to explain. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And and as I'm listening, I'm sure as you were listening to me too, and like finding the similarities yet differences. One, I love that we were able to, there were so many overlapping aspects to that there, but it's no, it makes sense that your idea of it is coming from your therapist standpoint. And my idea of it's coming from it, from this like spirituality standpoint, because it does make sense. It's like, I see your work and and your perspective on healing as being that like day to day, you know, mental effort to be well or to stay well. And for me, with my, like, spiritual perspective to it, I feel like that deconditioning and that integration piece to it has a very, like, soulful, like, context to it, if that makes sense.
0: It does. And when you were saying deconditioning, I was hearing, like, unlearning because I'm oftentimes working with clients on, like, identifying and being aware of the things that we've learned consciously and subconsciously like throughout our lives up to this point from family from society whatever it may be so we need to know the thinking and values and stuff that we have and we're coming here with and then we want to unlearn or unpack that and let go of some of it because when we're like deconditioning like you're saying I'm thinking like okay we have to figure out does this lesson or this value or this like thing that I'm thinking serve me or not serve me and if it's not serving me, I want to unlearn it. I want to decondition myself. Is that what you mean when you're saying decondition?
1: Yeah. Yes, definitely. I think unlearning is is another synonym for it. Like I think of like pulling back the layers as we talked about last week in the episode on identity. We live in a world that tells you who you are, right? They kind of like just throw on these different identities and roles and expectations. And so part of like discovering more about yourself or exploring who you are or who you choose to be is a lot of like taking off the layers that have been imposed on you by, as you mentioned too, family, society at large, et cetera.
0: I'm thinking too, like you referenced this, um, reel that I posted about like graduating from therapy. And I think that is, an important thing that I just want to touch on. I do often have conversations with my clients that everyone's relationship with therapy looks different. So some people are here for an extended period of time. Other people are in and out throughout their lives. Some people come because they're dealing with an episode or a single thing that they want to process through and then they move on. But I try to be clear that like, this relationship at some point for whatever reason will end And, like, that's okay. To me, that's a success that you've gotten, and we've worked through all of these things to this point that, like, you don't need me. I love to get fired. And I tease my clients on that. Like, I love when you get to the point where you're like, you know what? This hard thing happened, and I have all these tools and all of this knowledge that I now no longer need this space to process through it because I've. Become my own therapist in a way, and I can process through this on my own. And like, I know what I'm doing. Another therapyism that I have is that therapy won't make you feel better, but it'll help you to get better at feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, when my clients can feel things and tolerate it, and learn and cope and do that on their own, I'm so proud and so excited because now they can continue on on their healing journey. And like, I can take a step back and know that like, they they can confidently do this work themselves too.
1: I fully agree with you. And you know, I just had this conversation with a client the other day, because she was asking, like, you know, what's your recommendation on frequency of working together. And as you mentioned, therapy, healing, the Reiki healing that I do is going to look different for everybody. I have some clients that I work with on a weekly basis, others bi-weekly, others monthly, and the goal is to get them to a place where they are reducing the frequency in which they are working with me. Same exact thing as you said. It's a sign of achievement and success for me when I can start to filter those clients out to the point where they're just reaching out every now and then for a little like tune-up session or you know like they know that the support is there when they need it but they don't really necessarily need that hand holding and that's the way that I see it with therapy too is like having a therapist like, like having somebody very beautifully holding your hand throughout some really tough moments and helping you get through and then as you continue adding to your toolbox, that you don't need that hand holding as much. And it's just a beautiful, like, gradual, like, letting go. Yeah, it is
0: beautiful to think about it from that perspective. And that's where I'm always so honored to be, like, part of this process and able to help the clients that I'm working with. That it does kind of feel like a little, like, proud mom type coach moment where I'm like, you are doing it. And that's also not to say, like, I feel like I have to add in this disclaimer, like for a lot of the clients I'm working on with trauma, like that doesn't mean you're going to forget your trauma or that we're ever going to negate the trauma, but we're reducing the impact that the trauma has on your everyday life. Like you become the bigger, stronger person in the driver's seat and your trauma is no longer controlling you. You're eating disorder is no longer controlling you. Like you're gonna have those thoughts and those voices and those feelings and that impact, but it's not gonna be as powerful or like demanding in a way, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, it does. And, and I think of it as like, when you go to any kind of therapist, healer, coach, it's not that they're erasing your problems. I remember thinking about this sometime last year in that it's not like you do this kind of work or you you choose to heal or you choose to start a healing journey and all of a sudden all of the stress from your life goes away. The stressors in life are always going to be there. There's always going to be something that bothers you, that triggers you, but it's the ways in which you react to those stressors or to those triggers that really determines your level of self-growth and and healing. And I think that that's, that kind of echoes what you just said.
0: It does. And I think sometimes too, like my job isn't always to just handhold and encourage my clients, but sometimes I'm also having hard conversations that they don't want to hear. The, the word trigger, like brings something up in me because a few years ago I worked in a program and trigger was like the hot word. Like everything was a trigger, trigger, trigger. And we had to really do work with the clients that we had. Like, yeah, you're going to get triggered. Like life is going to be full of emotional moments and hard moments and stressful moments and things that trigger you. And my job isn't to help you protect yourself from all of those triggers because you never know when you're going to be at work one day or like... With your family one day or out somewhere in public, and something is going to inevitably upset you, stress you out, trigger you. I don't wanna protect you from all of those things. I wanna equip you with the tools to navigate when that happens. Like, I'm not here to help you cut all the people off that trigger you or to put you in like this safe space where nothing's going to hurt you because something's going to burst that bubble. So also sometimes I have to put like the hard therapist hat on and do a little tough love with my clients of like, hey, I know that this is hard and I know that it absolutely sucks when you're triggered and that's going to still happen. Like that's part of life, these hard, tragic things that are awful. And I'm not discrediting that, but at some point too, you have to handle it like in one way or another, you know? So like it's not just this gentle approach either. Healing is hard and healing requires you to be hurt and still stand up and like fight through it too. You know, you have to survive these like really hard, tragic moments also.
1: Mm, yes. And something that you just said there made me think about, you know, it kind of ties back to the conversation we had when we brought Michelle in. And we were talking a lot about like my inner child healing. A lot of the times those emotional reactions that we have, those triggers that we have, we end up reacting from a like childlike place before we do any type of conscious healing. Like we're all just acting and reacting from the past, from the first time or the past times when we've experienced any type of hurt, distress, anger, frustration, And I see it as like a mark of success and self-growth when we reduce the amount of times that we are acting and reacting from that past or from that her inner child place and start responding as the adults that we are and we choose to be.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly like if I had to describe adulthood, like that that's what it feels like. It feels like a lot of moments where I'm like, oh, like... That was so stressful or like that was so triggering and like that was so upsetting. And I feel it and then I move through it and then I keep going with my day. Like, And I think that's that place where I was trying to describe like the maintaining this wellness and being preventative is is I'm finally myself in a place where I know that like the things that trigger me or hurt me aren't going to totally derail my whole day, my whole week, my whole month. I'm going to feel it. It's going to hurt and I'm going to be able to recover from it. Mm. And then it's going to happen again. And again, my clients are always coming into me saying like they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I've said this, I think on this podcast before, we have two feet, the other shoe will drop. So when it drops, handle it and we, we keep going until the next pair of shoes drop.
1: You're you're right. That is such a part of adulthood is like being realistic and knowing that like, yeah, as an adult shit happens, you know, life isn't always rainbows and butterflies, but we as the adults are very much well-equipped, especially with the right support, therapist, healer, coach, teacher, whatever, to handle these or to take on these moments to take on these more challenging moments with more grace and ease. And it's
0: learning like a lot of this too is that inner child work that we've talked about before and learning to reparent ourselves and how to show up for ourselves in those moments when that hurts. Like when these things are hard in our lives, healing looks like Validating ourselves. Healing looks like taking that moment or those moments to feel that, process it, take away the lesson. Like, so much happens. We talk about, like, oh, I was so angry or I was so sad. That's so complicated. There's so much that goes into a feeling that there's a physical reaction, there's racing thoughts that we're having, there's things that we're doing or urges, things that we want to do all that's just happening in me plus all that's happening around me externally. So like healing to me looks like doing all of these things simultaneously and then continuing on like, and that's, that's hard. It's, it's this process of like feeling the feeling and then like coaching ourselves through it, validating ourselves and and acknowledging that like, this is real, not like gaslighting ourselves or Invalidating the experience, feeling, healing to me is actually like feeling
1: for sure. Yeah, it's there's such a component of awareness with that that we have also touched on before. It's almost like turning the senses up to 100, where you're feeling everything, you're seeing everything, you're hearing everything, and you can't shut your eyes or shut your ears off to it. And it is hard personal belief of mine, sometimes it would be easier in a way to not Mm -hmm. be healing. Because if you're not healing, you're just kind Mm -hmm. of going through life unaware of all of this. And like, yeah, I mean, I would rather choose healing over not healing and, and living this more like conscious, intentional, love, joy filled life than the opposite or the other choice. But I absolutely am with you there, that it is more challenging to be so much more aware and sensitive almost to all the things that you are feeling, seeing, hearing, etc. cetera.
0: It's so much harder. It's worth it in the long run. We get to live this way more fulfilling life, I think. But it's definitely a lot more challenging. There's that what do they say about like being blissfully naive, right? Like we're kind mm, of like yeah. there is some there is some like uh sometimes I admire like the autopilot. It feels like it looks easier. We don't have to have the low lows, but then we don't get the high highs either. So it's like you either have these like peaks and valleys or this like low kind of more like neutral life. The neutral life seems safer and more comfortable and like easier in the moment but in the long term i don't think it's as like fulfilling or satisfying
1: yeah i'll be honest with you i've had that thought before too like sometimes it would be nice to be a little like what is it called like ignorance is bliss so like blissfully ignorant or i like the wording that you use better actually blissfully naive And I'm glad that you put in that disclosure there that it's worth it because we are not trying to scare anyone away from healing because I love the moments where we get to celebrate either our own personal growth or others where it's like, well, older version or past version of myself or of a client would have reacted in X, Y, Z way. However, evolved healing version of me or client is now responding in this way. And so it's so exciting to see the visible growth and through all of the challenges of healing and of feeling to to see the two, the comparison of the two different versions or the evolved versions on, along the way is really rewarding, both on the personal level and then also in the professional way.
0: Yeah. So true. Those are some of my like most favorite moments when people come in. They're like, guess what I did? I reacted differently than I would have. I'm like, yes. Like I love, love, love that for you.
1: Yep. I love when a client says that a past version of them never would have thought this way or said something or done something. And I'm like, yes, this is what mm-hmm. it's about.
0: Yeah. Those are, those are my favorite moments. Not to play favorites, but like I love when I just love all of that. Like I, I get the chills, and I feel excited, and I'm so happy in in all of those moments.
1: It's interesting because as we've been going throughout this conversation, I feel like we did kind of break it up into the different steps that we have assigned. That first step of self awareness, and for you, that like coming in in crisis mode almost, and like working your way back to well. And you know, for me, that deconditioning part, shedding the layers. And then that third part for me was that integration piece, like living with that constant intention and mindfulness. And I know that you've touched on that too, of like living in a way where you're feeling all of your feelings. So I love how just naturally we've kind of like worked our way through the three layers or the three steps to what we considered to be healing. Is there anything else that you thought of in terms of like that last piece for you, like what that looks like? for you or for your clients to live in that healing zone where healing is just always naturally happening.
0: I've said it before, and I'll say it again, paying attention on purpose to the triggers and when we're triggered and then catering to them, giving ourselves what we need, validation, supporting ourselves. But then it's also paying attention on purpose to the good stuff, too, and paying attention on purpose to life and the moments that we're in and not living in a triggered state or not living, not expecting to live in a happy state either. I saw a really cute reel the other day that said, of course, we have triggers, right? Everybody's heard of a trigger, but we also have glimmers and that these Mm. glimmers are these like little smiley shiny moments of gratitude or like joy too and like i think arriving and staying in the healed state is learning to balance both noticing and doing what we need to when we're emotional or when a hard thing happens or that other shoe drops and also enjoying the present moment and practicing gratitude and being Allowing ourselves to experience moments of joy also. It's like this, again, that duality episode's a big one, but like balancing both of those things and paying attention and being present in both.
1: That is such a good point. And I think if there's any motivational piece that we could offer to our listeners, to our clients, to ourselves, for why to continue being in this healing space is to pay attention to also the glimmers because there are so many of them. Living with this level of awareness and intention also does lead to so much beauty, so much more joy and life. So I love that we are wrapping up this episode with that reminder to also pay attention to and and give those glimmers just as much, if not more, than we do in working through responding Mm -hmm. differently to our triggers. We've always got triggers, but we also have glimmers. And on that note, did we just beautifully wrap up this episode
0: yeah i think we did i was hoping like to telepathically send that message to you (laughs) at like end cut
1: (laughs) yep i love that and to add the bow or to tie the ribbon on our beautifully wrapped episode it's your turn this week to turn to your vision board and let us know what's calling out to you this week
0: i have a quote on here And it says, today, I will not stress over things I can't control.
1: Hmm. I love that. Yeah.
0: I think it's, that's healing, right? Like choosing to not let the stressful things control my whole day, life, year.
1: Yeah. I think that's a reminder too that like healing is a choice. And that this life mm. is a choice, it's full of choices, and I think when we do embark on a healing journey or live with a healing mindset that we we realize that we have so much choice in the the thoughts that we have, the decisions that we make, the actions that we take, so beautifully wrapped up or beautifully said, well, thanks, Devin
0: for letting me pick the episode and walk us through this. It worked out kind of perfectly that we each had three points unbeknownst to both of us. And thank you for everybody in the audience for listening. Um, I'm excited for all of our future episodes and all of the things to come.
1: Agreed. Thank you, everybody. And we look forward to being back again next week. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Bye. We are so glad that you took the time to
0: share this space with us. We'll be releasing new episodes of Mind Meets Body and Soul every Tuesday. So be sure to give us a follow and share this podcast with those you love.
1: To connect with us and join our communities, head to the show notes where you'll find our contact information and individual websites. Until next week, stay grounded, keep growing, and trust that everything you seek is unfolding for you.